Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Join your hosts, Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Josh Rosado. I'm Kenneth Heisler. And I'm Rob Enough. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So I'm going to pass it over to Josh <laughs> first. Josh, why don't you introduce yourself to the Countercharge audience? So my name's Josh Rosado. Uh, I come from the Northeast. Um, we we come from a little corner of the Northeast, Cape Cod. Uh, it's in Massachusetts. I'm just a guy working, freezing up here. You know, Art, artist, artist work a man in in, uh, <laughs> in Kings of War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I work a lot. I got a family. You know, I got a six year old boy and a and a six month old baby girl. Um, you know, just work and play games and hang out with my wife. That's pretty much it. My name is Kenneth Heisler. A lot of people call me uh, K2 because I'm Kenneth Heisler the second. And um, just to make it easy, but I'm I'm basically Josh Rosado's like main, uh, you know, tr- punching bag, really. Like, <laughs> um, but we, we've, we've been playing games uh, together for about 16 years or so. And, um, you know, when, when Canes of War started, we were, you know, kind of early adopters, I'd say. Josh Josh brought me in and um, we kind of started up our own club, you know, War Canes of Cape Cod and rest is history. Fantastic. Yeah, you're kind of his uh, his Danny Zuko to his Kaniki. Uh, we, yeah. we both practice, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, me and K2 are always uh, trying to bounce list ideas off each other. And, and I feel like we we play harder against each other than anyone else so always. it's been, you know what yeah. i mean so we're always out for blood we're trying to like beat each other so that when we go to big tournaments we're 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 kind of ready for stuff yeah yeah we're yeah, decent we're, we're all super pleased with josh making masters this year that was like he was like the you know the first guy in the block to go to college you know we were so <laughs> so happy you know <laughs> The whole time I'm just broadcasting back home. Uh, we actually we have a Facebook page. It's called War Kings of Cape Cod. Uh, search for it on Facebook, and uh, I will add you. But there's all sorts of shenanigans on that page, and um, we have a lot of fun on it. Um, but yeah, all, the whole the whole time at Masters, I was basically just broadcasting my games and taking pictures and sending back. Everyone's cheering me on. It was it was. And uh, in 2019, K2 will also be on the Northeast team. Mark my words. No, I- that's yeah. You know, we, we gotta say you know, held them for leather. It's my goal to bring orcs, uh, proper orcs, uh, to the Masters next year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That being said, I'm insanely jealous of Aaron Chapman's list, and that, <laughs> that was unbelievable masterpiece. Really nice. Absolutely. What was your highlight, Josh, from the Masters? I want to say, like, I I feel like I said it on the Northeast review too, which isn't out yet. But you're doing a great job, by the way, Rob with all that stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, hats off. Yeah, seriously. Awesome. So, uh, I got to say my, my number one highlight is just meeting people, you know, that I, I only had the Facebook profile for, you know what I mean? Like I, I met Jeff Swan in person, you know, Jesse Cornwell, Mark Cox has helped me a lot with my, uh, Ratkin lists and stuff. 
And, um, you know, just being able to meet all those people that you kind of talk to daily on Facebook and then, you know, you kind of get to know them and, um, you know, it's just really cool to finally meet them in person and get to hang out, drink a beer with them or whatever. Was there anybody that, uh, lived up to the hype? (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, one person that did absolutely 100% live up to the hype was Jesse Cornwell. I will give you that much right now because that guy is hilarious. He's insane. He's so funny. He just goes on. It's great. Well, let's get a quick hobby update before we get into talking about the Orktown GT. Uh, you want to start us off, K2? Yeah, we're working on uh, terrain over at Warkings HQ uh, for the Orktown GT. And uh, it's some of the stuff is coming out you know, so uh, so well, um, you know, we're, we're working on our, our height zeros, our hills, our buildings, our obstacles, our forests, uh, you name it. We're trying to dress it up and it's all, um, what's cool about it too, is it's, it's all you know, kind of purpose built for Kings of War. Um, so, you know, as in terms of playability, um, we're hoping that, you know, it, it looks, it looks really good and it plays really well. So, um, yeah, Warkings HQ is in my buddy Joe Taylor's basement, and he's got, you know, just, uh, you know, a factory down there. Um, so that's that's kind of been my hobby as of late. And maybe incorporating some abyssals into Orktown, um, you know, my, my personal orc army. So we will see where that ends up. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. How about you, Mr. Josh? Uh, since I got back from Masters, I've been just absolutely slammed with work slammed with family stuff um i've been trying to get back into hobby but unfortunately i won't be working on any of my own projects for like the next year and a half uh as a as a way to get me to masters some of my friends offered to to pay me up front to do some commission work for them so right now sitting on my hobby desk i got you know 2000 points of commission twilight kin that i got to get done and also a 2000 point basilia uh army for my buddy clinton Um, but in between that, I've been working on, um, we got, so for the most part, I spearhead, like just the events down on Cape. Uh, so I, I basically the last couple times I've been working on stuff. I did a, uh, a rules pack for big meta mega battle. We got coming on, um, what is it? March 31st, K2. Yeah. 2750 player. And, um, we're going to just load it up as much as we can. Good versus yeah. evil. We did it yeah. last year. We had like, we had what, four or five tables. Um, yeah. Like about and it was almost 30,000 points worth of models painted. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. So uh, I, I crunched out the scenarios in the pack for that. And uh, I've been busy working on the Orktown pack, which should be finished in the next couple of days. So stay tuned for that. And. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Down down the scope, I got a lot more projects and so little time. I understand. I understand for sure. Josh, Josh is a total machine when it comes to painting and painting really, really well. Um, so, I mean, that, that Force of Nature army, Bird Trash, uh, you know. Um, Which, by the way, I mean, K2 named. <laughs> no, I, I, can't, I can't take full credit for that. that. That came from the Edge of the Abyss campaign. That was our code name for your list of <laughs> people players. Um, you know, it was kind of, you know, a derogatory, you know, name for it. Um, because it's always been lots of flying monsters with lightning bolt. And, you know, it's a problem. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, but that was a new army for you in 2017. Before that, you had an amazing, you know, painting award winner, uh, Ratkin army. And in between that, he paints other people's armies too. It's nuts. True. (laughs) He sounds insane. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like some, you know, I talked about it a little bit on on Unplugged. They were asking me about it. But uh, the thing is, right, is that, you know, a lot of people like to watch movies and, you know, play video games and stuff. And and I don't have time for video games anymore in my life. and I don't particularly have the patience to sit through a whole movie. Now, like I'll watch TV shows with my wife, but what I like about TV shows is, is like, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minute intervals. I can take that. That's fine. But uh, my household tends to go to bed pretty early. So I just stay up and paint. And that's really how I spend my time, you know. For us, uh, we just had a narrative event in Nashville. Uh, we drove two and a half hours. There was 14 players split between good and evil. We played 1K armies with no magic artifacts, which sounds weird, but we'll get to that in a minute. And we had this matching system where basically uh, evil would put down an army on, it, on any of the tables, and then good would put an army down to play them, and then good would put down the next, the next army and evil back and forth, right? So you get all, the, all seven matchups. Uh, and then after the games, depending on how you did, you earned points, which you could then purchase magical artifacts you know, basically you bought our magical artifacts there was a random deck and we just flipped them up and there's 12 artifacts exposed and you could pick one and you you basically earned them by how well you did in the game but the cool part was you can trade them with your teammates uh and then in the next game when you used them you could therefore you could get them destroyed you could get them seized so it was kind of cool it was kind of like a narrative event um but not a whole lot of rules so i'm a big fan of low point games josh you, you like the low point game yeah i don't mind it you know um i think when you get lower than a thousand uh you just have too little units on the table to really make a real tactical game but uh a thousand points is okay we ran we ran a thousand point tournament probably a year and a half ago in the year yeah about probably like last november and uh you know we did four rounds it's nice quick easy play you can get four or five games in in a day it was fun yeah yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed our 1,800-point um, battle. You know, it's just certain things you can't do at 1,800. Like, you see those 1995 uh, tournaments going on. And, you know, every once in a while, 1,500 points, even 1,000 points, you know, working a really fast game, um, you know, it's it's a nice change of pace. And uh, with the mega battles, too, um, it sounded really cool with all the artifacts. We've, we've had stuff with, like giant cannons in the middle of you know one table and um uh, wind blast towers in the middle of another you know yeah the mega battle narrative stuff is can be really fun yeah what we like to do on our mega battles rob is is uh when you know how like sometimes when you're playing a mega battle you're playing like you know seven versus seven or whatever uh sometimes the tables feel a little like just like you know seven games going on at once Mm. you know but what we were doing is is every um every table has an objective. And if that objective is being uh, made like met by one of the sides, you can affect any other table in the mega battle, you know, like each table has its own special effect. Like you could, uh, you know, like the one with the cannons K2 was talking about, like for, they were objectives essentially. So if you take over one of those cannons, you can shoot it to any other table, but your own. So it kind of kept everyone, you know, playing a bigger game rather than just seven, you know, separate games. I'm a huge fan of big games, especially we played a lot back in Warhammer. But with Warhammer, you know, if like you said, you're basically playing the guy in front of you, right? 
Exactly. And right. you got and it, with, with Warhammer though, the movement was so limiting. Like you would end up getting bottlenecked in. Like you're like, oh, I guess these guys aren't going to get to fight today because everything's ahead of them, right? But now with with uh, Kings of War, you're able to move through your own troops and stuff. It does open up the game a lot more. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I would never look back. Never. Such a better game. <laughs> it's yeah, such a better miss. game. Don't oh, don't man. miss it for a second. Yeah, that's true. Well, guys, let's get in. Let's talk about you know the reason why we're here, and that's the Orc Town GT. So uh, I'm gonna ask Josh, what's the elevator pitch? Okay. Well, I got I got this no problem. Hands down, buds. Hang on to your seats. Here we go. All right. So the reason, the number one reason you need to come to Orktown GT, well, there's going to be like five reasons, but the number one reason is, right, we are having Orktown GT uh, down on Cape Cod. It's a vacation spot, but at a dive bar. So it's a 21 plus event. Alcohol is going to be served the whole time. We got, uh, it's at the improper Bostonian in Dennis. It's going to be so fun we're setting up in the you know like uh 15 tables in the whole bar and it's just going to be it's going to be a blast and uh it's going to have a really different feel than a lot of events i think and i think it's going to be nice for uh you know husbands or family guys or just people who live with other people just come have a good time hang out get some time for yourself you know Hey, who knows? I mean, a lady could show up to Orktown. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, yes. It's not out of the question. Anytime, <laughs> anytime, and not just Kate the and I are talking. Anytime we, anytime we're like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's be real. Probably just gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd the inspiration for this event come from? My wife uh, is the bar manager at the Improper Bostonian, the place we're having it, um, and you know. K2 and I have been talking about running a big event for a long time. And, uh, and I just asked my wife off, you know, randomly, cause they're only open in the summer, this place. And I'm like, Hey, what do you think if we, you know, like clear it out? Do you think we could, we could take it over for a weekend? And, uh, yeah. And it all kind of worked out from there. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just add, so the improper Bostonian is like one of the last, of the huge gin mills on Cape Cod, meaning like, you know, people have been going there to get really, um, uh, well, just say having a good time for like 40 <laughs> something years. And, uh, I used to be a bouncer there, uh, for a couple of summers. It's, it's, it's really weird that we're all kind of connected to this dive bar. Um, but you know, it's not exactly their peak season yet. And, um, so yeah, it was just a, like a killer spot and opportunity to be able to take over the giant bar um, to run a GT. And, um, and you know, it, I, I'll also mention too, like, you know, Jonathan Venace of the Unplugged Gamers, like he's been pushing on us and, you know, not, not so much recently, but in the past, like, you know, we need to run another big GT in the Northeast. <laughs> yeah. That's because um, he wants to qualify. <laughs> yeah. He's tired of being a Merc. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. John's like my friendly rival out here. We're always floating around each other at GTs. Let's get some specifics, you know, give us the details, uh, like when, you know, all, all the good stuff that we need to know. Okay. So, uh, Orktown GT is happening June 2nd and 3rd. The unfortunate part about that weekend is uh, it does overlap with Mountaineer, which is pretty sad. There was like a miscommunication uh, between Chris. I think Chris Fisher is the one running that one and myself. And um, we had both picked the dates really early. 
but uh, they ended up crossing over, which is which is a shame. But I think we're going to get a lot of players from the Northeast, so that's going to be good. Uh, so it's going to be held at the Improper Bostonian, and that's in Dennis, Massachusetts. Uh, the address is on our um, on our Facebook page. I don't have it open right now. Just link in the show notes. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, going it to be five five games, five game yeah. Kings of War tournament, twenty five hundred points. Um, yeah. Right. So so big games too. So yeah, we're, we're going to have three big games. You know, Saturday, two more on um, Sunday, and uh, twenty five hundred points. And um, we, we'll have details up on our website also, which is uh, orc, O-R-C, dot town, T-O-W-N. So uh, orc, dot town is the website, and we'll have um, the dates, the address, and a way to get in contact with us and, and uh, uh, go from there. Let's talk about the event. You know, how many games we play in, uh, how many points? Like I said, it was go- it's going to be a 2,500-point event. Uh, we're playing five games. We're going to do three on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, basically, it's going to be because the points are so much bigger. We uh, we wanted to make sure that certain builds didn't get out of control on us. I know there's a lot you can do with allies and stuff like that. So we're uh, enforcing a comp that will be max four of any given unit and max one of allies. So any unit for allies. So you can take you know, your max ally allotment, but you can only take one of the same unit regardless of what it is, irregular or what have you. How about the rest of the books? Are you letting everything in like Clash of Kings, Historical, Edge of the Abyss, Destiny Kings? I mean, is, is everything in? Formations? Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. So in our pack, I wrote everything's in and I, I've, I feel like we've been, so our group has been keeping up with the supplements like really, really well. Uh, every time something new comes out, we're all over it. We're playing it. Um, you know, we all read through it and, and we haven't really had any trouble with, um, any of the new stuff, like the new characters, the new formations, nothing, nothing screams broken really. I mean, you know, and, and I was actually really surprised to see masters, um, didn't allow a lot of that stuff, which was kind of strange. Yeah. I wish I had an answer for that. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I, yeah, it's just one of those deals where like with the book itself, I don't think we had it in time. Yeah. I mean, next year, you know, you guys have hit the nail on the head a couple times, you know, next year we just, we just need to play 2018. You know what I mean? Like it's what, it's what got you there, you know? So, uh, one more thing I wanted to say is, um, our, our tournament is going to be 21 plus, uh, because there is going to be alcohol being served there. So it's super important. Um, you know, it's going to be all in our pack and everything, but it's very important that people conduct themselves as if they would in a bar. Right. And, uh, and also, um, you know, IDs at the door. So it, it's kind of a little different than like, if you were to go to a hotel that's serving alcohol, right. Especially in Massachusetts, the liquor laws are very strict. And let's talk about paint. Cause I mean, I think you like that kind of thing, right? Paint's important, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's okay. So uh, we're actually we're actually going to be taking uh, almost word for word John Venace's scoring system for paint for Unplugged tournament, mm-hmm. uh, the Unplugged Grand Tournament. So basically, uh, the way that works is so overall score you have a, you have a hundred points for battle over the course of your five games. So by the way, we're using the twenty zero system. Um, so you have a hundred points for battle. We're going to set aside twenty points for paint. So the way it works is there's three tiers for paint. And if you have the absolute 
most gorgeous army anyone could ever fathom on the face of the planet, then you have a 20. If you, you know, if you roll up with something that literally has two colors puked onto it, then you probably are going to get, you know, a one. So anyway, the way the tiers work is tier one, you get five points, tier two, you get 10 points and tier three, you get 15 points. So each tier allows five points uh, of judges discretion, basically. So tier tier one would basically be, um, you know, like three color like minimum. three color minimum, yeah, with no primer showing. Uh, yeah. Tier two is where most armies fall into. So tier two is going to have, you know, maybe more than three colors. There's going to be some washing. There's going to be dry brushing. There's going to be highlighting. Uh, and then tier three is basically this army is something special. You know, so really there should only be a handful of tier three armies at the event. So everyone can come in kind of knowing roughly where their army is going to land. Right. So if you have your highlights, you got your dry brushing, you, you can pretty solidly say that your army will be tier two. So you can bank on having 10 points, maybe a little bit above, maybe, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's good. It's good to know where you're at. And um, I, I don't think, so for example, I don't think anyone's going to go in there with a, with a lower tier two army and assume that they're going to get more than 15 points. I think the rubric is specific enough that you're going to be able to look at your army and go, Oh, well, you know, I don't, you know, I might have some freehand, but maybe it's not, you know, Ryan Smith freehand. You know what I mean? What about sportsmanship? How are you guys going to, you know, make everybody be cool guys? <laughs> well, I don't think that should be too hard, really. Uh, everyone everybody in the, in the Northeast, Northeast is a good guy. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. Exactly. We're, none of us are, you know, <laughs> none of us are jerks or anything. I swear. So <laughs> I think um, they're all playing Malifaux. Yeah, right. Uh, well, yeah, our tournaments tend to be a little bit lighter than you guys. But uh, so. Oh, I think for sportsmanship, what we're going to do is, um, you know, you're going to have your your standard um, pass fail at the end of every game, right? And I mean, the only the only way that you're going to fail sportsmanship is it, you have to be a real jack. You know what I mean? So, and then after that, we're going to just do a ranking system of probably, you know, your top one to three games. Uh, of the weekend, you rank them, and each rank is going to be worth slightly more points, up to a maximum of 20. So over the course of the whole event, you're going to look at 100 points for battle, 20 points for paint, and 20 points for sportsman. How about scenarios? What are you guys using? So we're going to use the the Clash of Kings scenarios. Uh, nothing's going to really be modified so much. But one thing I do want to note that we are going to be doing for sure is um, some GTs in the past have, have run... Uh, too many, too many of the same type of scenarios. So essentially, when you look at the Clash of Kings scenarios, I break those down into three categories. You got unit strength scenarios, you've got objective marker scenarios, and you have loot marker scenarios. So ideally, I'm going to select like nine scenarios that we're gonna, you know, generate from for the five games, but try to mix in as many of the different types as I can. So, you know, the, the loot, the pillage, invade, you know, I count as a unit strength scenario, dominate is a unit strength scenario, control. So just try to get a good mix of those because uh, there have been some other events 
not not saying any specific names, but there have been some other events in the Northeast where, you know, you sit down to the table five five games and they're all objective games. So guess what? Flyers are crushing everyone, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's just trash. one of those. Yeah, bird trash is crushing it, you know. So, um, so that's why you won the Harvest of Souls. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I didn't say that directly. You're just coming to your own conclusions. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm a smart guy. I can pick up on hints. It's John's so, fault. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, John was actually playing in that one. So yeah, he was gunning for that one hard. Yeah, he wanted to win that one. Yeah. Well, John, here's a tip: if you're going to try to win your own event, you should make it so you could, you know, set it up for you, right? Don't let don't set it up for Josh to win. <laughs> Abyssals get ten battle points right off the top. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> Every flyer is plus two unit strength. Done. Uh, I, I I love like. Talking about John, it's funny because, like, uh, you know, I've actually never beat John. John beats my face in every single time I play him, and uh, I'm pretty sure no war king has ever beat John. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like uh, our so, our whole group as a whole struggles against the I know. Bloggers. I know. They're, it's they're true. definitely our friendly rivals. You know. Yeah, they're like and, our next door um, neighbors, right in Connecticut. Yeah. So, how about the cost? What do we got for uh, the price of this? shindig k2 and i were going back and forth we were talking about it so i think i think 60 is a competitive price and i think what we're going to do is uh that's going to include a a pizza lunch it's going to help the venue it's going to help get the prizes and all that stuff um i know unplugged this year is running at 50 um so so i think 60 with the lunch included is going to be a good value um you know and really it's it's you know 60 bucks 320s for a two-day weekend you know you can't beat that so no that's a good that's a good deal especially considering your location right i mean yeah exactly i mean everything's ex- expensive on the east coast uh, we are in talks with um hotels yeah. and and that sort of thing um we, we've got extra places to crash all over so if anybody's having trouble um getting here um definitely reach out because you know we'll we'll definitely move mountains to get you you know, to the GT, pick you up at the airport, whatever needs to happen. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, we wanted to actually, we want, I wanted to shout out a couple specific names, right? So, so we are actually going to put in our pack that will, you know, you fly into Logan, you fly into TF Green, we'll, we'll come get you and we'll bring you to the, so our, uh, the venue's probably like, I don't know, I want to say like an hour and 45 minutes from Logan Airport. So it's far, but, if you want to fly into our event, you reach out to us and we're going to come get you and we're going to bring you to the event and we're all going to play and it's going to be a good time. Like, so I wanted to call out some specific names to this, right? So whoever's listening. So Kevin Von Felt, what are you doing that weekend? Felix Castro, Mark Cox, Jeff Swan, Patrick Allen, Keith Randall, Billy Smith, Devlin Smith, Rob Fanuff, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and Kyle Preslinski. All these people, I have, uh, I've, I've either connected with at Masters or online, and, uh, and, and you guys, like, you guys, I want to hang out with you guys. So, so come on out. I know what I, I, I got one. Murgatroyd, Chrysalthorpe. There you go. The Orc. Eric Eric Trowbridge himself. Absolutely. Yeah, I want him to play Oryx at Orktown. Yes. Perfect. And I guess you have to bring his sidekick, Kyle Poole. I mean, Josh, (laughs) you've got a sidekick. Eric's got one too. That's. (laughs) <laughs> what can i say second, I in, say? second I, in command there's no such thing as a sidekick here yeah, okay okay the second in command so like when you hit, when you fall over and hit your head 
He's gonna race. Yeah. You know, he's gonna race Grease Lightning and Thunder Road. I it's got like you. it's more. You know, he he picks up the slack when 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 I'm not around. You know, or like <laughs> most leaders, he does all the work, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> the hand. No, right? Mean, it's all about the Josh, hand. Josh is definitely the rules committee guy, or whatever. I mean, Orktown is basically that's the name of my army and and kind of uh, my trademark, if you will. So. Why don't uh, you tell, the, tell the story of Skullface K two? Oh That's man! <laughs> well, the, the brief the brief version during the Edge of the Abyss campaign, you know we're we're not as well read as like <laughs> unplugged gamers are, so instead of like really following the fluff, we made up our own, and um, it got really intense during the Edge of the Abyss. You know where every every week there's new and and and. You know, some sometimes we wrote, we, you know, would write out our fluff, but usually it was, you know, pictures, picture, you know, memes, um, like cavemen, basically. And um, so, I made over 120 memes uh, <laughs> related to Orktown and their journey through the Edge of the Abyss campaign. Um, you know, and and my my general is Skullface, who's, you know potentially the most famous orc in all of Kings of War, um, you know, and uh, he, <laughs> he, at some point, um, I, I can't remember who actually killed him, but, you know, he got a, got a one on the injury result. So, um, and you can follow this story on War Kings of Cape Cod. Just go to, you know, the file al- album of uh, Orc Town season one. So Skullface died went to hell, hell, conquered hell, and in three days returned, um, <laughs> you know, once again. So anyways, that's just a brief story. That's that's where Bird Trash came from, uh, Glade of the Grifficorn. Skullface actually burned down the Glade of the Grifficorn. <laughs> I lost Josh's the final battle before. against Orktown, and it cost the good guys the so- like the whole campaign. It was horrible. Yeah, so yeah. K2 immediately gets on the internet. He's like throwing memes up of like, so, so Skullface is just, uh, you know, he's, it's the face that's in his pro- profile pic right now, but he just superimposes it on, on literally everything. So he's just, like, he gets on the internet and he, he throws it on this guy in like a leather jacket, holding a gas can, just burning a forest down. <laughs> and he it's, just, it's, it just says, oopsie daisy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, awesome. it's an extreme close up of the actual mini. And I cut <laughs> his face out and I, you know, just, it's all on my phone. I superimpose it on all kinds of pictures, doing all kinds of propaganda for my army orc town. Um, you know, and we've got all these characters that go with, you know, basically our armies and um, everything that we do. So every week on workings of Cape Cod, there's some sort of new chapter to the story of like the games going on within our club. So yeah. we've got we've got over a hundred members. I mean, yeah. there's only about twenty of us that actually you know, go to our local game store and, and play or so. But anyways, um, that's, you know, so, so Josh is, you know, the professional, you know, he's, he's writing the rules packs, he's writing the, and I'm like the, um, I don't know, I, I goof off. I make the, uh, the propaganda. Keep everyone else motivated while I'm not there. That's helpful. Yeah, that too. That too. These I, guys, I, I'm usually I, showing up when, when Josh can't make it too. Everyone else in our club is just is 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 going crazy. Uh, you know, we have like the whole club in on it, and everyone's just cranking out terrain, and uh, and we're getting the boards ready, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. 
It's going to be huge, even. It's going to be huge. And yeah. and like I said, um, all the train's going to be minty fresh. Um, and, you know, we've got, you know, enough to have a nice, um, you know, fill the tables with, with really good terrain. And it's going to be, you know, the hills aren't going to be, you know, 10 inches tall. They're going to be, you know, one-inch hills, you know, um, that are Counts high, high too. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. All the all the normal kind of tourney um, rules for terrain, but um, it'll just be easier to balance your giant horde of orcs um, on them and that sort of thing. So, uh, really excited, really excited. We have amazing trophies too. One of our one of our senior members, Joe Taylor, actually sculpted a bust of my general <laughs> skull face. And gave him a gold cigar, and that is going to be the first place uh, Orktown GT trophy. So are you saying like a bespoke one-off tournament trophy? Yeah, uh, that's what we're saying. That's yeah, amazing. and not 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 a traveling trophy, whatever. That is your gift. Yeah, from now until you die. <laughs> it's going to be. All, I mean, the thing is, have you seen it in person yet, K two? I have. It is the size of Skullface's head, and. <laughs> It's un it's uh, it's unbelievable. And, That's awesome. You know, He's very talented. We got a lot of talented people in our club, and um, and creative, you know, super creative. Uh, Joe's also making a giant uh, orc battle axe. That's going to be second place, and <laughs> third place. Oh, man, this one's going to upset the vegans, um, oh. but he's got a. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a god speaker's wand, and. I'll just say that the the tip of the wand has like an alligator claw on it and it's real. So awesome, awesome trophies. And, you know, we're, we're always coming up with more trophies and gift ideas yeah. uh, for the other prizes also. So it's all in progress. We're, we're going full, full it's, tilt. It's rolling now. Yep. What's the cap for the event? Do you have a maximum amount of players you can have? I have a, so I went over there and I threw a tape around uh, the venue and I, I think we can fit, we can fit 40, 40 or so players is pretty good. I don't expect to get that many. I'm, I'm thinking if, if, if we can get 24, I'm thinking that's a good day, you know? Well, I mean, you, if you get 20, 18, what, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a good day no matter how many, it's not the quantity, dude, it's the quality of the player that shows up. So like just one more, another thing on the table. So what we're trying to do too is, uh, so we collectively call, so Orktown is, is part of this overarching umbrella story, right? Of all of our armies that, that kind of interact with each other. And we call that, that place that we all wore over war King Landia. <laughs> so that is it's very working. creative yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're gonna eat those words yeah. it's almost it's almost like making fun of mantica a little bit right, but right, whatever. right, right. so it's yeah. working landia and uh in working landia there's all these like locations that that we've fought over over the course of the three years we've been playing um you know king's war and they're, so. and they're usually you know working landia is kind of eastern massachusetts cape cod <laughs> yeah um it stretches down to parts of connecticut yeah, because um, we're making inroads into unplugger territory, you know, just well, if you're cool enough, you'll draw. Right. I mean, exactly. Plug guys are not really they don't travel very much, you know. You know? <laughs> so. So anyway, so we're like uh, so I'm trying we're trying to kind of make the tables uh, theme to these locations like like there's actually going to be an orc town table. You know, with like all the orc huts and stuff. And then uh, our friend Ron Ritchie, DeGray Khan. 
uh, he <laughs> plays goblins and he has, you know, he's the Mungdrul Empire. And, you know, and uh, so we're going to try to have like the Mungdrul wastes, you know. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and most famously within Mundrulia. You know, Mount Yamada. Mount Yamada, exactly. Yep. So, uh, you know, and the Glade <laughs> of the Grifficorn is going to be a table. And then uh, what I'm hoping to have is just a, a small, maybe um, laminated card with with just a short blurb of fluff on it. You know, maybe two or three paragraphs just of the story behind that location, or maybe like one of our games that was really noticeable. You know, and that we all remember fondly. And then a map of the of the table so that you know, you don't get confused. Oh, and, and 10 to 12 pieces minimum. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm liking that. I'm liking that. If you're, if you're that. a good player, you should be able to handle 10 pieces. A hundred percent, you know, and, and not, not for nothing. I don't know who set up the tables at masters or whatever, but they, um, I feel like there was enough terrain on the tables. The, the terrain just wasn't in the right spots. In my opinion, like it was just pushed off too far to the side. So like all the blocking terrain and all the forests and all that stuff was, was all around the edges of the board, leaving that big Warhammer killing field in the middle, right? Sure, there was some hills and stuff. But I I really like, like for example, like the Epic Dwarf pack that, you mm-hmm. know, the forest and the the buildings, they're all mixed into the middle of the of the board. So you're forced to interact with it. And I right. think that's the goal going into setting up our tables. Quick quick plug for the um the Australians in that blackjack uh map pack also from their I guess that's from the Australian Masters, but that's that's really well put together too. I actually haven't seen that one. I'm gonna have to look into it. Guys, what did we miss? What did we not cover about the Orktown GT? Let's see. How about where do we register? How about that? Oh, okay. So uh, the registration is gonna be up as soon as I can get the pack out. I think we're gonna get the registration up. But basically, uh, you can shout out on the War Kings of Cape Cod uh, Facebook page. Uh, you can private message me. On Facebook as well, Josh Rosado. Uh, probably you could get around to K2. Um, and also you can check out our website. We are going to have a registration link and a PayPal link up there hopefully soon, probably in the next couple of days. Um, yeah, and again, definitely, definitely in the next couple of days. We also have an email address, um, uh, WK of Cape Cod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So if you want to send us an email there, um, that's, you know, and you don't do Facebook. You know, that's a way. Um, and then our website, uh, orc.town, um, www.orc.town, uh, we'll have details there and, and, you know, email addresses, uh, PayPal links, um, all that stuff. We really should. We should uh, probably just put a, a couple more contacts on our on our Web page. So we'll, we'll yep. get on that, too. So just basically reach out to us. You know, we're super laid back. Um, you know, I, I want I want as many people to come as possible. You're coming from out of town. Reach out to one of us. We'll help you out. We're going to get you here. Crash on one of our couches. Come, you know, come drink beer and play games for the weekend. It's going to be a blast. And you're not yeah, going to want to miss it. And you're going to want to take home that skull face. Rust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is a, a bust. It is you can fantastic. Have. It's like it's like the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's amazing. When do you think the player pack will be ready? So like I said, I we have a massive snowstorm coming tomorrow, and I'm probably 70% done with it right now. So it's really just filling in the details about sports and paint, and then it's pretty much ready to go. Um, well, that shouldn't be hard since you're just copying Unplugged, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, for the paint <laughs> system. Yeah, did you catch that? <laughs> it's funny because I actually asked – 
I asked John and he was, you know, I'm like, do you, would you be offended if I literally copied and pasted <laughs> your paint scoring? And he's like, no, that's cool. So, um, yeah, um, that's pretty much it. One more thing I wanted to say about prizes too, is that we're going to do uh, first, second and third overall. We're going to have prizes for paint. Um, probably first, second and third. Um, prize for sportsmanship first second and third and then what i'd like to do is i'd like to do a counter charger but then i want to do an upper and a middle counter charger as well so if you're directly in the middle of the upper half you get a prize and if you're directly at the middle of the bottom half you get a prize so if you're like better mediocre or terribly worse exactly exactly so it's going to be um it's gonna be cool and uh and I think we're going to do a prize raffle too, similar to what they did at Masters. I really like that because uh, it allows a lot of people, regardless of why they came, um, you know, maybe they don't come with the intent of of winning the tournament, but at least they get to, you know, walk away with something. You don't go to the tournaments to win swag. I mean, to win prizes, right? You go there to notoriety, fame, trophies. Right. Exactly. So again, just just uh, get in contact with us, and we'll come get you and. And that's pretty much it. Come, come make Orktown great again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We challenge you to make Orktown great again. Right. That's 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 the battle cry of uh, Orktown is Makda. So stands for make Orktown great again. It's it's more you know silly working swap, um, which again follow us on Facebook. You're gonna have to mute your notifications after. A while. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to shut those off yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Kind of recap on the uh, ways to get a hold of you guys. I know you said a Facebook page, Workings of Cape Cod's one way, right? Yeah, Workings of Cape Cod on Facebook. Um, we are on it constantly. Um, our email address: wkofcapecod at gmail dot com. Website: www.ork.town. O-R-C dot town. Um, and trying to think what else yeah private private message us on facebook either at josh rosado or kenneth heisler um that's that's me um and you know we we definitely want to make it as easy as possible for people to come down um you know given that it is on cape cod so we will pick you up um we'll put you up um and we're gonna have hotel options too so rob i just wanted i wanted to give a healthy thank you from the war kings of cape cod for everything you do for the community uh when the whole meltdown happened uh we were looking for a new game and we started playing kings of war dabbling or whatever and then i you know i'm on google i i google search kings of war podcast your podcast came up who do i hear i hear jake hutton at unplugged tournament at the unplugged grand tournament and Mm -hmm. uh you know if it weren't for this podcast i'm not sure that anyone in our club would have realized that there's a bigger scene out there you know what i mean so like nearby so right away we we knew nearby there was a tournament so then we got connected with the uh with the unplugged guys so i just wanted to thank you for for doing what you do and putting out a great show you know every week and I'm a huge fan. I know I sound like a huge nerdy fanboy right now, but I just wanted to say, because honestly, you've done a lot to grow the game. I appreciate that. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we, I know Josh and I listen religiously and um, yeah, I mean, you know, thinking about it now, um, there's no way I would ever go back to Warhammer fantasy. And a lot of it is the community. 
and um, and not least of all, like you know what you guys are doing on counter charges is awesome. So yeah, thank you. I think it's a testament, though. We're just the like a symptom of the community, right? I mean, I think uh, you got unplugged. You've got you got a lot of good guys putting out good content. Yeah, the whole Facebook thing, even though there's a million pages out there. Um, eventually, if you keep looking, you'll find that little sliver that gets you connected to the people. Now, I, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, you know, we want all, everyone from the Northeast, you know, I, I purposely, I left some names off the Mid-Atlantic team when I was calling out people. I did that on purpose because I assume they're going to be at Mountaineer. It'd be great to have Jesse Cornwell come out, you know, Alex Chavez, all those guys, but uh, you know, Jake Hutton, but I, I just don't see it happening. They're going to be going to Mountaineer. So, uh, anybody else who's just like chilling in your region that weekend, please, please reach out to us and, and come on out. Cause we would love to have you. And especially if there's anybody out there listening in Massachusetts or new England in general, like get on, get on our Facebook because we want to, um, we want to get you involved. Yes. 100%. Yep. Welcome to Coward Charge. I'm David Baker. I'm Mike Carter. And I'm Ralph Enough. And as you heard, we have a couple new guests on to talk about the War Kings GT. The first one you may not have heard before, but the second needs no introduction. But we'll start with David. David, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? Full. And the infamous one, the man who is at everything, Mr. Mike Carter. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Rob? That's a, that's a line after Mark's own heart, right? He loves that word. So, uh, David, why don't you start us off with a bit of an introduction? Who is David Baker? Well, my name's David Baker. I'm uh, 45 years old. Um, I have a family of, uh, I have a wife and a family of five. Um, been gaming now for 20 plus years. Um, started off actually in, uh, into comic books. That was that was my thing when I was a kid, and I was down at the local. Um, comic store and uh as the years went on the local um comic store manager um started buying these games and stuff and just happened to be games workshop and uh one of the things that one of the first games i ever played was man of war and uh we got into that it just progressed into um other games like blood bowl and then uh fantasy warhammer and uh I started that probably right around third edition, fourth edition, and it was just a lot of casual play. But then as we played it more, we started started doing it competitively. And, you know, I hit Buckeye Battles up and and back in 98, 99 and 2000, we came up to Chicago for the GTs. Um, and then um, as as that went on, of course, we know the ending of what happened to fantasy, you know, the whole world blows up and everything. And I was left without a game. And one year I happened to be uh, at origins and, uh, seeing this guy that was doing this demo, of this game called Kings of war. And, uh, he showed me the game and, um, and I was hooked and, uh, I've been a big part of, you know, being with, um, with Mike and, and John and those guys really took me under their wing and, showed me the game and, and um, showed me how to play it uh, competitively and uh, just, uh, you know, just to have fun with it. And um, 
you know, that's that's pretty much it. That's where we're at. And for the two people that may not know Mike, Mike, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, uh, I guess really I am the uh, oldest Pathfinder in the U.S. Uh, well, let me correct you. I'm, I've been the Pathfinder the longest. I'm right. Not it's not sure. age. And Right. It's tenure. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that or either, but uh, I may be close on there. <laughs> Uh, but I've been doing it since, um, well, definitely since first edition. I had been a Warhammer player, and I started late with the miniatures. Uh, I've been a gamer my whole life. I didn't get into miniatures at all until actually after I was divorced. And I finally picked up a copy of Warhammer after seeing it so many times at, at Origins and other conventions, not realizing sixth edition had just come out when I picked it up. Um, played that for a while, but eventually I just got tired of the way GW used to treat its customers and their business practices and stuff. And I had seen um, this uh, interesting bearded guy with an English accent uh, at Gen Con selling some new miniatures. I thought, hey, I always want to do Cast Dwarves. I'll pick up these, you know, Cast Dwarves he has there. Um, next year, I went and got another starter set because I realized that didn't, didn't have nearly enough models to make a full Cast Dwarf army. And got talking and asked, you know, who he was and, you know, oh, he's the, you know, president owner of the company. Uh, his name was Ronnie. And I thought that was pretty cool that he was there uh, selling stuff. And I finally decided that, you know, hey, I've always been a capitalist at heart. I believe in competition, honest competition. And I wasn't happy with GW, so I wanted to support the competition. And I finally decided to put my money where my mouth is. And wholeheartedly says, if I'm going to support, I'm going to support it. I'm going to start teaching people how to play this, uh, start setting up and running demos at Origins and Gen Con, uh, other conventions uh, got into. I was I unfortunately was not able to attend the first tournament that they had at Adepticon simply because that was the year I premiered my Drunk Dwarves and had spent all year making those and brewing beer on that I had on tap with it. So I wasn't able to attend that tournament, though I, I, I did watch it and check it out several times, uh, but definitely got involved since then. Uh, I said became a, eventually became a Pathfinder on it. Now I run the, the uh, Adepta Clash at Adepticon, uh, which is coming up here very soon. Uh, also been running a bunch of other tournaments all over the place, um, from Chicago down to Nashville. Uh, ran Nashcon uh, one year and used to run Manticon down there until it uh, gave up the ghost this year though uh, stay tuned because Manticon is dead but long live Manticon and now you've got a new one on the dock at the War Kings GT right I finally decided to step it up this year and we're doing the first Kings of War GT in Ohio uh, completely independent it's not at a convention or anything uh, it's all standalone and we're looking to have a great time with it before we get there, let's just quickly go around the room. What updates do you guys have? David, what have you been working on? Right now, a lot of abyssal stuff. Um, that's the army. When I first started out playing, uh, I started playing ogres. And uh, that was that was the army that I played in fantasy right towards the end. It was the easiest to transition to. But what I wanted to do, my goal was, is that I wanted to have an all-mantic army. So when the abyssals came out, I really liked the look of them. And... Uh, so I started reading, you know, up on them and play styles and whatnot, and they really fit what I thought that I that I wanted to do. So um, when I when I first put the army together, um, the bases that I did with them was just your ordinary kind of like flock and rock, 
And uh, I didn't like that. So I went back and I redid all the bases, lava bases. And uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing now is getting my bases all caught up and, and finishing up some other units. I just got a lower abyssal board that I just got done. Um, we've got a tournament coming up, a one dare coming up this Saturday. Me, Mike, and, and John are going to be going up to, um, I believe that's Cleveland in recess games. And uh, 2,500 points, 70 minutes, seven rounds. And uh, so I just I just finished up the lower abyssal hoard for that. And uh, that's where I'm at with my hobby stuff right now. And Mike, I know you've been busy, busy, busy with terrain. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's all that's on your table at this point. That's all on the my table. I went and cleared it off from the, the, the uh, huge amounts of forests that I had, uh, fixing and building and, and basing trees. And now my table is covered with hills. I'm down to the last uh, six, I believe, that should make sure that I have enough for our event. Um, and got those cut out last night uh, with some, uh, uh, even got some new tools from Hotwire Foam Factory, which is one of our sponsors. Yeah, what tools did you pick up? Uh, well, I picked up the new, well, it's not new, but I happened to, to just discover it, the tensioner for their sculpting tool. And I was at the point of trying to make one myself thinking about this. And I thought, oh, since we're using this, it's like, Hey, I'll see if they want to be a sponsor. Got on their site and I saw the thing that I was just thinking about making myself. I'm like, I have got to have that. Um, it makes such a huge difference when you want to keep your wire tight. Absolutely. You're talking about the uh, the injection mold, the piece of plastic that snaps in, in between. Yep. It's like night and day. It's like writing. With, it's like the difference between writing with like a Crayola and like an artistic pen. I mean, it's it's oh, yeah. it's an amazing it, upgrade for sure. It is, it is huge with it. Uh, I wish I'd found it years before. And where I was complaining about things not working right, I realized is a feature. They're supposed to be loose and move, and you put this on to keep them tight. I also picked up a new uh, hot knife there to give theirs a try. I've had a couple of them of a uh, couple of ones I've picked up from Michaels and uh, uh, Joanne Fabrics, and they usually have broken within an hour or two of use. They just crap uh so i picked up one of theirs and already i'm much much happier i think we've all started like with those cheap uh double d powered <laughs> wire cutters yeah. you know and it's like oh and then you move to that was I mean, my I, first wire cutter yep yeah I, and then another hobby of mine is department 56 like christmas villages and so you know maybe 10 years ago i bought the complete hot wire kit and uh pff, Hotwire Foam Factory is, I mean, it's its its the best stuff on the market for a reason. Now, I am tempted. I haven't, haven't committed to this yet, but they have the professional level hot knife. And I need to make, I, I got to save up some of my hobby bucks for that because that just looks sweet. Yeah. Any of their pro tools, uh, they're just, uh, they're, they're pro, right? Makes you into a pro yeah, yeah. by just flipping a switch. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you real serious about it, and, and that's when you're not going to worry about bending that wire on it. Well, we're here to talk about the War Kings GT, and to get us started, Mike, why don't you give us what is the elevator pitch for this event? All right. It is, I mentioned before, it's the first Kings of War Grand Tournament in Ohio. Uh, so we've wanted to step up the game here. Uh, the, the Masters Midwest region uh, was, for a while, was a little short in areas, and especially here on the east side of it. Uh, we also happen to border up against the um, mid-Atlantic, southeast, and northeast regions. So um, it's close to a whole lot of people with it. Uh, and we thought, 
we need some on this side. We've got some stuff in Missouri. And of course, there's Lady of the Lake that goes on uh, way up in Duluth. Uh, but we needed something um, for the people around here. And with the participation that we had last year at Origins, we thought, yes, we can support it. What are you doing to try to make this thing special? I mean, obviously, every GT wants to have their little their little carved out space. You know, what's going to make this one? I mean, obviously, it's the first one in Ohio. But what else are you trying to do to make it special? Yeah, we looked. I looked at that with several things on it. That this has evolved a little bit from the Jim City Massacre that I used to run, and uh, we've had great participation in that in the fall. Um, but we didn't think we wanted to do the, the whole bring your own terrain again with that. I uh, thought that'd be a little awkward for something this big with this many people. Uh, and so we put it out to our Ohio Workings uh, Club to say what's going on with it and had somebody come up and says, hey, it's the name. Why don't we have a working for it? So that's our big difference here. We're going with uh, 2250 points of which 250 of those can be used to build your unique working. Now, the working is very similar to, and in fact was based on uh, what we did, what they did with the International Campaign Day to make a unique living legend. Uh, so we're doing the same thing there, is making a unique living legend. You've got 250 points to do it with. You combine three artifacts um, to make a unique artifact for this hero. Uh, and then you get a stat grade on them. Uh, plus, they don't have to unlock it, but everybody's required to have one. Uh, and we will have scenarios that uh, will involve this. So whether it's keeping yours alive, killing the enemy one. I'm debating on doing one to give you extra points for a heroic sacrifice, but that may not be very popular, so I may not do that one as much. You get extra points if, if your hero dies. That's, I mean, that's fantastic, dude, right? I mean, that's, I mean, a war king's supposed to lead, right? And sometimes it doesn't go well. Well, and that's like I said, I want to think about doing some of the heroic sacrifice for one of the, the scenarios. And, and I've got some ideas for other interesting scenarios that people won't have seen before. That's going to make the, uh, the event unique, obviously having a custom working at 2250. What about other special comp restrictions? I mean, are you letting in everything, all the books, all the formations? Uh, we're looking at, you know, based on the, the Clash Kings 2018, but honestly, we're going to let them all in. If somebody's asked me about historical and I said, yeah, I don't see a big problem there if you want to bring them in. Uh, they typically don't do as well, except for maybe Romans and the... Uh, um, What's oh, the Genghis Khan? The Mongols. Mongols. Mm -hmm. Mongols out there with the all individual stuff. Shannon's pounding on the table saying, how can you forget my army? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, got to include Edge of the Abyss simply because uh, we're running Abyssal Dwarves, Dravic Dalkin, and Infernoch there in every build I do, as long as I can bring them. So I got to let other people bring them. And then we've got even the few Destiny of Kings stuff. Those are fun once in a while. People want them. So it's like, you know, uh, yeah. if it's out there, Bring it. We'll have them all. And how many games are you guys playing? Uh, the plan for it is going to be standard six games uh, with four on Saturday. Um, I've looked at it and I've, I have noticed that, that it gets uh, any more than two games without a good break tends to really wear people out. So I actually looked at on Saturday where we'll have our first game, um, you know, check in, run the game, then actually take a lunch break, then two games, then a dinner break, and then an evening game to kind of let, lighten it up, still not finish too late, uh, but keep it definitely casual and not, uh, you know, 
it's not be too pressed for time with it. Then Sunday morning, we'll try to get the two games out so we can try to get people out as quick as we can. Because everybody, you know, wants to get home on Sunday. Absolutely. And let's talk about the painting requirements. What what is the what do people need to bring? You need to bring painted armies. Yeah, that's uh, uh, it'll be real hard to win without one. Uh, really, I've been using the same painting rubric now for several years. That seems to be uh, go over very well with people. I like the idea that anybody can get your base painting score uh, without. Um, you know, extraordinary effort. And that's, you know, do a base coat on it, do some kind of uh, shading or highlighting with it. That can just be a simple dry brush or a wash on it. Um, do something with your basing. So it's at least, it's just not, you know, your black uh, plastic bases, at least paint them uh, and uh, have it something. So it's obvious that you didn't buy every unit separately on eBay. There has to be some kind of uh, cohesion at some point with the army on it. Uh, and that will earn your points towards the overall championship with it. Now there will be, of course, uh, a best appearance award going on and that will go over and above that. But it's still, if you, you know, anybody can, anybody with a little bit of work can get enough so that they're definitely in the running to win if they want to. Um, I like that. So you have both levels going on there. You have the people that are really extraordinary, but they're not going to come in and, uh, you know, so much blow out everybody that if you're not a, you know, um, golden demon level painter that you don't have a chance of winning the tournament. The other thing that, oh, the other thing is that we will have a special award for the best working model. So you have to have a model for your working and, and whoever has the best one there. Uh, we'll get a uh, award for that as well. So what about the rest of the scoring? Let's talk sportsmanship. How, you know, how, how are you going to score sportsmanship? Sportsmanship. We got a couple of, um, there's some bonus points you can get, you know, for example, getting your list in uh, to me the Sunday before the tournament and anybody ask any tournament I run, the lists are always due the Sunday before. Uh, I just keep that consistent so I can make sure they get checked and everything. Uh, that gives you some bonus points for sportsmanship. Uh, actually showing up with printed lists so that your opponents can see. Um, that's something that's just a pet peeve of mine. If you go somewhere and somebody, uh, sorry, Dave, I know this can get you, uh, but they're just looking up their list on the phone and trying to find this. And I have a question and they're trying to find something on their phone with it. it's like, have a copy that just so somebody can hand it to you, you can see it. Now, yeah, sometimes I print my copies up, you know, two pages to one page. So I can hand them out to save paper and doesn't necessarily have to be the, the largest font out there legible on it. Um, as compared to mine, where I need the great big size, you know, blown up because I'm getting old. And also yeah. then uh, a big a big thing that I use for sportsmanship is always the player votes. On a tournament this size, you vote for your favorite, second favorite, and third favorite opponent. That gives you, you know, four points, two points, one point respectively towards the the best sportsman and to me that is the the strongest way to determine you know who is the person people like to play against the most simply the one that they stayed it with there let's talk scenarios what's your plan most of them are going to be based out of the uh clash kings book of course um i've got one or two that i'm going you know going to try to test here in the next month uh with our group but not really wanting to reveal because kind of like surprises on there 
but a couple of things that are, you know, no one has seen before with it. Two, yeah, I like to screw with the players. Uh, I, like, I like to throw some challenges out there that they haven't seen before. Uh, one of the things that I always believe in is Kings of War is designed for scenario play. Uh, so all the games are going to be, you know, win, tie, loss is all based on scenario points with it. You win or lose a scenario, it is not based on kill points. Uh, at no point is there going to be something of just kill each other. Um, I use attrition for tiebreakers. Now, also to differentiate the scores a bit, uh, I like to have a the difference between a minor win and a major win. So it's not just a, you know, 2010-0 with it, but you can get, say, uh, for a minor win, would be 15 points, or a um, minor win, say, would be 12 points. A major win would be 15 points. And then there'll be five points available each game based on other scenario pieces with it. Um, and those are never subtracted. I always find it really rough when, oh, I play the game and I got no points. I could have gone and had a beer and done just as well in the tournament for not showing up. So at least if you show up at the table, you're going to get a few points. Mathematically, it doesn't make a difference, but it makes you feel a little bit better to say, oh, I may have got my rear end kicked, but I got five points. And with this, I got my rear end kicked, but guess what? I did three of the scenario things in the game, so I get three points out of that. Uh, and several of the scenario points, of course, will above your working. It's a plan for terrain. You know, uh, lots of terrain, a little bit of terrain. Lots of terrain. Uh, I'm looking at plan planning 10 pieces per table. Uh, and that's why I'm working so hard to make more hills. Uh, all our hills are going to be height two because that's what's in the current Clash of Kings with it. Uh, one of the things that they mentioned with the Masters a while back, and I like the idea, and I'm going to keep doing this, is start throwing in some more height zero difficult terrain because uh, a lot of people aren't used to playing with that. So, again, like to throw things at them they're not used to. So every table is going to have some of that. Um, Going to try to get them looking as, as good and as cool as we can get. You obviously need an army to run this event, Mike. Who else, you know, uh, obviously David's here. He's one of the people that are going to be helping you with the event. Who else is uh, behind the scenes feverishly helping you with this event? Uh, well, i got my son, John Carter, helping out a little bit. Uh, he tends to be the person I throw a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, against and see if it sticks, kind of like, the you know, you do spaghetti at the wall. Uh, for good ideas, bad ideas. Uh, Felix Castro is also a member of the Ohio War Kings that's helping out with things. Uh, and also I'm going to have Kara Brown and Amy Stamper have been doing a little bit behind the scenes, uh, and they're going to help out some with it too. Hopefully, uh, even Amy is going to be playing in the event, but hopefully we'll be able to get her set up to uh, maybe be streaming some of the games as well from it. Yeah, that was fantastic at the Masters. I, we, re we really appreciated her effort. David, what are you most excited about this event? Well, I'll tell you, uh, you know, my, my, how Mike was talking about how he runs his, um, how he runs his events where he doesn't use um, attrition. It really, uh, it really changes up how you play the game because you know, you do the masters, you do, you do the tournaments that we have, you like outside our region, they all use attrition and it's a different play style. At least I think so anyway. I mean, I can remember, you know, playing at, um, which one was it? The sword of Kings, uh, you know, here just, you know, this just past last year and, you know, you get, 
you had to be careful about every little unit you have. You know, I got siege breakers, you know, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to lose them because, you know, attrition points or whatnot. But then when you go to Mike's tournament, it's like your whole army becomes chaff. And, and you know, it's, it's just the objective you're worried about. Um, it's a different way of playing. It's a fun way to play. I like it. Um, so if I'm excited about anything, it's, it's, it's the way that Mike, you know, runs, runs his tournaments and, and the way that, um, you know, he kind of changes things up, you know, cause I would say, I, I would venture to say that most people are used to playing with an attrition score. And, uh, well, I mean, you, you can lose a 300 point unit and it, and it, and it don't matter, you know, as far as the attrition goes. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the fact that we're having, um, uh, our own GT in Ohio, you know, I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. Um, and obviously the working that's, I think that's something different that nobody else has done. I mean, obviously other than the, you know, the international campaign day, but to have it in a tournament like that, you know, you, your wheels start turning about what you can do with this thing. And, and the fact that it's not going to count towards, um, correct, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, Mike, but it's not going to count towards your, 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 your 2000 points. So, um, yeah. Okay. And people have a, have a question about that. And I, I, I kind of made the mistake of describing it at one point as saying, you know, take your 2000 point army and you're adding this 250 point hero. Um, right. So it's 2250. Well, what's, what's confused people about is, okay, so is it an extra hero? Is it 2000? Is it 2250? Is it 2250 plus 250 or what? So best way to describe it. The total points for the tournament is 2250. Of that points, you can spend up to 250 on your War King. Now, the way the rules state it, you don't have to actually spend anything on your War King because if you have a character in your army and everybody has a hero somewhere, I've yet to see somebody that doesn't take at least one. Um, as long as it's not on a monster, um, then you can say, oh, I'm just going to upgrade this guy to my War King. You don't even have to give them any extra equipment. Just take the free stat upgrade on it and bring the model you want to bring for it. And there you've got the working, and you can use all of those extra points uh, for more troops. Or if you spend 200 points to build your working, you have an extra 50 for troops or whatever. So he's just part of your army. The biggest key there is you don't have to unlock this guy. So if you've already run out of hero slots um, and you know, you're worried about where to put him in, he comes in free. Yes, you're going to have to have a little extra sheet in your uh, army list because uh, Easy Army won't take quite take care of that. But, you know, uh, we're expecting you to paint up and have a cool model for it anyway. So being able to, to uh, uh, actually print out a sheet to have your stats on it should be no big deal. Well, you can have three magic items on him, right, Mike? Yes, you can combine. You're combining those three magic items to make its own unique magic item. Uh, and those single magic items can still be taken in your army as normal. It is his combined hmm. magic item that is unique. So if it's a, a, blade of a blade of slashing and wings of honey maze and a staying stone, I'm just three that come to mind, um, does not keep you from taking wings of honey maze on somebody else and a staying stone somewhere else uh, and a blade of slashing somewhere else um, because it is his, it's the War King's own unique item. And, of course, you should name your War King because, you know, all heroes, um, part of their 
being a hero is you've got to know who they are. When is this event? All right. This is April 21st and 22nd, uh, 2018. For those of uh, those of you who are traveling and going to a lot of places, yes, it's the week before Lone Wolf. I'm sorry. Actually, the best weekend for me was that would have actually been the same weekend as Lone Wolf, but I didn't get that bad on it. Um, I did actually check on Google. It is almost exactly, a, I think it's 1,002 miles away uh, from where we're having it to where Lone Wolf is being held. So, yes, a tournament 1,000 miles away is still impacting us. Uh, but if you can make it out beforehand, and yes, there are people that are going to both. Um, Jesse Cornwall. Um, I, I wonder if there's anything he doesn't go to anymore. Uh, but yes, he will be there at Workings, and he will be at Lone Wolf. Yeah, he's going to three events in April because he's going to be at our event like the second weekend of April. So he's nuts. I think he maybe said he was going to four events in April. It very well could be. Yeah, I think he only has one week off or or maybe one was in the end of March. Well, no, he he has Adepticon he's going to. So, yeah, he says he had like one week off. And it's it's easier than, you know, once he gets to May, yeah, he can't do any of that because that's all finals and, you know, being a school teacher. Uh, for some reason, they like you know want them to get grades out and, and test the kids and make sure they learn something. So where are we holding this awesome event? So it is actually in Fairborn, Ohio, which is slightly east uh, and a little bit north of Dayton itself, uh, right off of uh, uh, 70 and 675. Uh, when you're coming in, it's at the Windgate by Windham Dayton Dash Fairborn, because they don't want to just call it the Windgate like everybody else would. Um, and that's on Presidential Drive there. Uh, anybody who's familiar with the area, it's across from Wright State University. Uh, they've got a, a very big room. That's going to be more than enough room for uh, everybody. And we're already looking at not only have enough room for all the tables to be set up, but we're trying to get in um, a couple of vendors to actually be there to you know have something interesting and hopefully useful for people to get. Not sure how many you're going to be there. Uh, we've got one lined up so far. It'd be awesome if you have some stores there, right? Yeah, it'd be great to have them. Uh, we actually, there is a guy that sells, uh, makes and sells battle mats uh, in Beaver Creek, which is right down the road. Hidden Forest Gaming, is that who that Hidden is? Hidden Forest Gaming, yes. And I've talked to him. I'm really hoping I can get him to show up because I think that'll be a great hit for it. Uh, you know, to actually be there and... Uh, he has great prices on his mats. If he actually has them there for sale, I bet several people want to pick some up. And what about a cost for the event? All right, cost for the event is $60. Awesome. What's the website to register? Website to register, go out to ohioworkings.org. And that is the Ohio Workings blog. It should come up with the workings um, page initially. Um, if you need to dig into it, uh, there's only four pages on the whole thing with it, uh, but you can go down to 2017-11-war-kings-gt.html. But again, it should come up right for the first page for everybody on it. That has uh, the link to download the player pack, as well as even a button to take care of the PayPal to get your registration set up. Yeah, link link will be in the show notes. David, what can you say to get people? This is the event to come to. Mike runs a hell of a hell of, hell of an event. I'll say that. Um, if if you want to come out, I mean, we got good players. We got um, good competition. Um, Mike always gives away good swag. Um, price supports always always good. Um, 
and it's it's Ohio's first. So, you know, I know we got Lone Wolf going on, but you know, if you don't feel like, you know, if you're if you're in the Midwest region and you don't feel like driving, you know, a thousand miles or flying out, come out and hit us up. You'll have a good time and, and uh everybody's always good sportsmanship too that we play with. So come out and hit us up. And again, it, it, and it's close to Mid-Atlantic work, you know, because Mid-Atlantic's just over in West Virginia, hits them Northeast, hits us there. Uh, and even, you know, Kentucky uh, is Southeast region. You got some of the people, if you, you like Sword of Kings, come on up here. It's only a couple hours for it. Um, so we, you know, we're the, we're one state that is just surrounded by all the other regions on it. Uh, and right now, you know, for, some, you know, there's going to be some good competition. We've already got signed up. And looking at my list, uh, I've already got seven people that were at the Masters this year. We'll already be at this tournament. So, you know, there will be some and, good competition. I mean, look, we're going to have Eric Trowbridge there. And Eric wasn't at the Masters, but I'm going to tell you what. He, he'll just make you a better player by planning. The guy is the guy is solid. And even for the, you know, people coming over from Columbus, uh, it's only about, you know, an hour drive from there. One of the other players that uh, I'm trying to get in, and unfortunately, we don't see him much. He doesn't really play much competitively, and he's really not sure about even doing a two-day uh, two event. But Roger Connor from Columbus uh, is just such a top-notch player. Um, I know several people in our group have never been able to even come close to beating him. Um, and I would actually love to see Roger play Eric Orc on Orc action. That would be an amazing game. Well, guys, thanks for the time. Uh, did, we, did we miss anything? I want to also mention just, just one other thing that everybody's, you know, cares all about this. Right now, we are at um, 16 confirmed sponsors who have said they're going to do some with uh, five of them actually having already have already got this stuff for it. Um, on my blog, I'm doing the sponsor uh, showcase to uh, highlight the stuff that they're doing and kind of give a shout out to a lot of the sponsors there because really the sponsors are, um, you know, while yes, they want to do this because they love the game and want to support it, it's also marketing for them. The highlight is eventually they want to get more sales out of it. And that, that's the honest truth with it, that they're in it for a business. Uh, some must do this out of love, but some people do it to eventually feed their family. Uh, so want, definitely want people to go out and uh, support the sponsors. But we should be having a lot of stuff in there. Uh, we're actually looking at having some really cool swag bag items. I've already talked about some of those. And there's a few special surprises in there, too. Mike, where are we at on where are we at on attendance? I know the last time I seen it, it was sitting right around seventeen. Are we still there? Right now, we are at eighteen. So when we have room for forty, and I keep hearing several people I've talked to says, "Oh, I know three people, and I got five people, and I got six, and six people from here are going." It's like, okay, I know people are saying they want to show up, and I know a lot of them do it towards the last minute. Um, we are allowing refunds up through April first. So if you want to get on the list but aren't 100% sure, uh, you can get a refund after that. After April 1st, we really start getting committed, uh, and the money starts getting spent on it. Uh, and honestly, most of the money is going just to, to get a hotel. Um, oh, also, some people have been concerned because hotel rooms can be a little scarce this weekend, and that weekend uh, in the Dane area. Uh, at the Wyndham, uh, if you call them and use group name War Kings, there is a block of rooms reserved. So otherwise it will say sold out. 
but until um, the, I believe of the week before, two weeks before. Um, anyway, get it in there if you want to quick, because I think we had a block of at least 10 rooms uh, for people that wanted to use that. So if you're worried about a place to stay, it is available there under the group. Fantastic guys. Well, before we get out of here, you know, where can we follow your adventures? Where do you follow me? Well, the main place I want you to look is uh, until somebody loses an eye.net. That is the blog I've been running for over three years now. Uh, push out there every Monday and Thursday, uh, trying to get some kind of fun hobby content because as we all know, it's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. Uh, also, um, you know, you can look me up on Facebook um, and pretty much everything I do on Facebook gets copied over to Twitter and vice versa. So see a lot of that. I don't tend to do a lot directly on Twitter, uh, but everything gets copied there. Always uh, copy out links to my blog uh, when it shows up so people can find it and get out there. But And I have a lot of stuff talking about the tournament. I will be talking about the tournament, our sponsors, what's going on with it. You know, you can see the, the forest. Uh, I thought it was Arbor Day the other day on my desk and was talking about with all the woods I was building and just posted one about all the hills we're making. Uh, and soon I'll talk about some of the terrain uh, and some of the cool things we're getting there. So it's a fun place. Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having us, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. And well, that's going to do us tonight. Until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by posting on our episode thread on the discussion forum found on manticgames.com. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.